Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise matured sons of God who will explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all missions and evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David Edgenby. Building an effective and fervent prayer altar. Building an effective and fervent prayer altar. Thank you, Lord. I believe that it is one of the most important things. I'm not hearing myself well here. I enjoy myself when I go there. Yeah, it's better. I believe that it is one of the most important things. Building an effectual and fervent prayer altar. Hallelujah. James chapter 5, the verse number 16 and 18. James chapter 5, the verse number 16 to 18. Wow. He said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, he said, it, it does what? It availeth much. Excuse me, let me set my Bible here. And as we are preaching, I want you to prepare your questions. Don't go with doubts in your mind. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Then, right after that scripture, that 16, James started talking to us about a great man. He said, Elias or Elijah, was a man subjected to like passions as we are. And he prayed endlessly that it might not rain. What is the Bible trying to tell us? That Elijah was a man just as you. Elijah felt hungry just as you felt hungry. He said he was subjected to like passions Every weakness in your body, Elijah also had it. You know, it is very easy to see pastors as supermen. Is that not it? Prophets are supermen. Like you see a prophet, ah, Charlie, man of God. The man of God. Look, they have passions. Like passions. We have like passions. Amen. Yeah, I'm telling you. Look, let me tell you, let me tell you the truth. I never was tempted to fornicate until I got born again. Can you, can you believe that? I was surprised at myself. Like, now that I'm a believer, I'm born again. When I was not born again, they were not coming my way. In fact, I was not even given chance. I was a betweener for people, but never my, my life. But when I got born again, then I realized that one for the master, one for the lay. I can't keep always being betweener. I have to choose one for myself. And it was wild. So I realized that to get born again, eh, it doesn't save you or deliver you from temptation. When you become born again, you will never be delivered. I like telling you stories about myself. 
Yeah, because you read the Bible, you see some, some people tell you about certain things. Yeah, and when you want to talk about things like this, <laughs> there's no fear in my life again. You can't hold my neck with anything I've talked about. Uh, amen. You cannot be saved. When you, are, you are, when you are saved, you are born again. You are not delivered from temptation. You shall be tempted. Because what was saved was not your flesh. Last Tuesday, I demonstrated it for you to see what it means to be born again and what it means to be saved. It is your spirit that got saved. It is not your flesh. It is not your soul. It is your spirit that is born again. This body will remain the same until Jesus comes. And when Jesus comes, it is when we shall see him that we shall be changed. The truth of the matter is that it is not everybody whose body will be changed. Are you shocked? Are you shocked? It is not everybody whose body will be changed. I'm telling you the truth. Pastor, what are you trying to say? What I'm saying is that anybody who is not born again will not have a changed body. If you're not, you know, you don't have a changed body. You will go to hell with this body and the pain will dwell in it. But when you get born again, the Bible says we shall have a celestial body. We shall look like him. This body shall be changed. So our body will be saved the day he shall appear. When we see him, we shall see him, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. Then that will be the final stage of our salvation. The final stage of our salvation. So when you come to Jesus, like I said, you are not saved completely. You are saved, you are being saved, and you shall be saved. You are saved by the Spirit. You are being saved by your soul. And you shall be saved by the, by, I mean, the body shall be saved. Hallelujah. Yes. How did I get to this body, body thing? What was I talking about? Like passion. Yeah. So there are, these things would be with you until Jesus, that's what comes. Can I tell you something? You will never brother, listen, have you felt for a girl before? Yeah. You have been feeling for a girl, even with the Holy Ghost in you. I'm telling you, it will never stop. It will never, never, it will never stop. You will feel. Tell somebody feel. I'm telling you. It will be with you. The day to stop is the day Jesus shall come. The day Jesus shall come. But as long as, now you see the way the guys are standing here. I'm sure some of them felt even today, today. Man, God, some people say I can, can even feel in the church. Oh, like once you're in the church, they are feeling, feeling like hey. One day I was looking at somebody. He was standing by his car. I think I was in the car with someone. I was under Pastor or somebody. And a lady was going. And I told Pastor, I said, Look. Under Pastor or someone said, Look, look at this lady. You see the lady going. Now stop looking at him. I mean, hey, look at the guy standing by the car. He has not seen the lady. Who, look at what will happen when he sees this lady. They were looking at the guy. Look at the guy, look at the guy. And the lady, you know how they, when they see a, lady, a guy by a car, how sometimes they can ruin some things. Like, ruin it like. <laughs> ruin, ruin. Before I could say, Jack, you know what happened? The guy was just there. When he saw the lady, no. I said, did you, did you see? You understand the licking of the lips like the feeling be what body name 
You see, Paul, Paul said, there is another law in my members. There's a person. And the Bible is telling us that Elijah, the prophet, the prophet that called fire from heaven. The prophet that did wild things, called lions from the forest to come and kill children. The prophet that prayed that there should not rain and there was no rain. The prophet that did wild things. The Bible says that there were like passions in his body. There were like passions in his body. He was subjected to it. He said he was subjected to it. That means he was not a master. He was subjected to it. Sometimes some people make us feel like, oh, like, uh, as for we, we are not spiritual. We are not spiritual. Why are you feeling the way you are feeling? Even Elijah felt it. As my wife has dressed nice. When my wife dressed and she was coming to church, eh, I was preparing my message. I looked at her. I said, hey, I was looking like that. Hi, mm. Pastor Brother. And she should not go early. You. She'll come and stand here like he's standing herself in the mirror. And then she'll pass here like around the wardrobe. And I was looking at her. I was looking at her. I said, go, let this go. Let this girl. Let this temptation leave this place. <laughs> let this temptation leave this place. <laughs> May the Lord deliver you. Yeah. Like passion. As for the ladies, they don't have passion. What do you think? Or they do? Ladies, do you do? Hey, I taught you you don't have passions. But the Bible said that Elijah prayed with all those passion. He prayed. What the Bible is telling us is that your, the passions you are subjected to eh, must not be the reason why you should not pray. It must not be the reason why you should not pray. Be, in fact, that must be the reason why you must pray. So, do you know how Jesus put it? He said, pray ye that you fall not into what? Temptation. So, it means that when it comes to prayer, one reason why you have to pray is because you have to escape temptation. You have to escape temptation. And it is true. If you spend time to pray, look, I'm telling you the truth. You will escape it. You will escape it. Amen. Now, when Jesus says that, pray that you don't fall into temptation. It means that, as for temptation, he is there. If it is a hole, it is there. It is not moving. It is constant. But you must be careful that you don't do what? Fall into it. So, when you pray, it's either you are led far from it. Or something. So that you don't fall into it. Or maybe <laughs> Jesus will become a bridge and you walk over him and then you cross and you go away. There are so many things prayer does for us. So many, so many blessings. So many things that prayer does for us. Unfortunately, we feel very lazy to pray. How many of you believe that Elijah felt lazy? He felt lazy. When you read the Bible, one day the Bible says that he was hungry. He was hungry. I was studying the scripture and I realized that every pastor needs somebody to stand with him. Because at a point, one of the reasons why Elijah's ministry, eh, he struggled so much around that time was because he never had any assistant around him. Yes. Until he found Elisha, then things changed. 
when he found Elisha, things changed. But when Elisha was also in ministry, one reason why Elisha died with the oil in his bones, and whilst Elisha was dead, some pastors were preaching and people were dying. And when they were going to bury, I'm sure a pastor did ufusum for that brother. And when they were going to bury that brother, they threw the body at where the bones of this prophet who was dead was. And then the Bible makes us understand that the dead bones brought the dead body what? Alive. So the dead bones and the living pastor who is more dead? Who is more dead? We need to ask ourselves. You've done all for some for the person, and they are going to bury the person. And then they go to a place. Okay, this is the grave. Let's an old bone which has been lying down there. Just touch the dead bodies. The dead body and it boom, came back alive. Just like that. I say you the pastor that performed the old for some. And the bone which is down there in the grave. Which one is more dead? The question we have to ask is that, how come it is not supposed to be exciting? It is very, very dangerous and very, very terrible to realize that the living, what the living needs to survive the next terrain and the next generation is in the grave. It's in the grave. That is anointing we needed at the funeral. That is anointing we needed to bring resurrection or healing to the brother when he was sick. But that anointing has been buried. And what happened? For lack of perfect assistance. The Bible says, for it was not good for man to be alone. It is not only for uh, marriage. It also means that any man that is calling to ministry cannot survive alone. You can't survive alone. It was not good. So he said, I will make him a what? A suitable what? Helper. So at every point in time, you need suitable helpers. Every point in time, you need suitable helpers. As a pastor, as a whatever. Listen to me. You cannot, the anointing cannot, I mean, do everything for you. You have to understand. The anointing has what the anointing will do. And there are men that, that oh, Shagabrado, listen to me. You cannot carry all the anointing you need to survive or to achieve or to finish your ministry alone. Paul, mighty man, says something. He said, when you are coming, bring to me John Max, for he is what? Needful to me. Needful to me. So Paul needed somebody to stand with him. He needed somebody to stand with him. Jesus, on the cross, asked, he said, Father, why have you that forsaken me? John 6, Jesus requested, or he asked the disciples, he said, will you also go? When everybody was leaving him, he said, Will you? He needs people. When he was carrying the cross, before he could reach Gogota, he needed a man to help him carry his cross. I say, You need men. You need men. You need men. I'm telling you.